days ago, you know how I feel about that. Um, when there's a fifth Sunday of the month, we try and do something called family friendly, which makes it sound like the other four Sundays are not family friendly. They are, uh, but what we do on this Sunday, instead of dismissing the kids to Children's Church, um, we keep them in here, and I, actually, I, I talk to them while you guys as adults just get to listen. All right, so I am going to invite the kids up. Come on up, and parents, especially those parents with younger kids, come on up with your kids. You can sit all around here, just like wherever's comfortable, and wherever you can get back up. That's why I have my own chair. You're going to overload that side. Okay, we all here? Oh, oh my goodness, it's a long way down here. Uh, you guys in the back can still see? If you can't see, you can still hear? Yes? Perfect. Are we all here? We're going to get to be a little bit more noisy than this, okay? Physically, not mentally. We're going to wake you up, okay? What day is tomorrow? Any of you know? Monday, yeah, Monday. You're telling me. <laughs> Come here. We can stop now. Woo. It's the day before Tuesday. What day is tomorrow? Halloween. Yeah, do you guys like Halloween? Yes or no? Yeah, do you, are you going to dress up? Are you going to come to our trunk or treat? Which everybody should come to our trunk or treat. Yeah. You're going to be a puppy? You're going to be Moana? I was going to be Moana too, but I'll let you be Moana, okay? <laughs> Anybody else? What else are you going to be? Are you going to dress up at all? I'm going to call up a friend to take you away, yep. You're going to be Hermione Granger. Well done, yep. SpongeBob, you got square pants? Better work on that. Mom, you got a day. Thea, you're going to be what? An angel? Oh, thank you. Thank you. Let me tell you guys, uh, it's not really a secret because I think most of the adults in the room know it, but I am not a big fan of Halloween. I don't like to be scared. I don't like uh, things that make me run and hide. I don't like scary stories. I've never really liked scary stories. But today, I'm going to tell you a story from the Bible that's actually a little bit scary. All right, that's why I actually had your parents come on up so that if there's any tears, they don't blame me. They are there to hold their kids themselves. Um, And parents, if I start crying, you feel free to hold me too. Okay? Before I jump into this scary story, I want to teach you a phrase. Real simple, it's two words. The phrase is this, Jesus wins. Can you say that? Jesus wins. Okay? You guys that are sitting out there, you are welcome to say it as well. This, uh, no matter how how scary the story gets today, there's going to be several times throughout where I'm like, oh, but remember, who wins? And I want you guys as loud as you can to say, Jesus wins! Okay, so I'm like, if I'm telling the story, I'm moving along, and it's like, oh, I lost my mic. There we go. And it gets scary, and I'm like, well, wait, who, uh, remember, who wins? Jesus wins. And adults, you go ahead. I want to, like, feel the reverberation. Okay, so if I'm telling the story, like, you know, like, tomorrow is Monday, that's scary, but it's okay, because who wins? Jesus wins. That's better. 
By the end of this story, this is what I want to hear. Let me pray, and then we're going to tell the story. Jesus, thank you so much for times to teach kids. I pray that uh, whether we are a kid of four years old or a kid of 94 years old, you would help us learn today. Remind us over and over that you win. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, who wins? It was a dark and stormy night. Because every good, scary story starts like that. It was a dark and stormy night. Or at least it was, right? It was a normal night on the shore of the Sea of Galilee. Calm seas, little waves, little ripples, but all of a sudden this monster storm, monster storm like rolled up and there was waves that were 10 feet high and the people on the shore were like, this is normal. But there were people out in the boats too. Jesus and his friends were out in the boat and water kept flowing in to the boat over and over and the disciples had buckets and they kept throwing the water out of the ocean, but as they threw three buckets out, like 10 buckets came back in, they were scared and where was Jesus? He was sleeping. Yeah, he was sleeping. This isn't even the story that we're going to tell today, but he was sleeping. So they woke him up because they were so scared that they were going to drown. They woke him up and he like stood up and he's like, and the wind and the waves got really, really quiet, really, really quick. And do you think the disciples were really, really happy because they weren't going to sink anymore? Let me tell you what they felt. The disciples were absolutely terrified. Show me your scariest face. Who is this man, they asked. Even the wind and the waves obey him. In the middle of a scary story, who wins? You got this figured out. On the shore, it had been a dark and stormy night, but then all of a sudden it got calm like really calm, eerily calm, creepily calm. No one but the men in Jesus' boat knew what had happened. One minute there was waves, and the next second it was flat, kind of like this floor, a little bit like glass. Now, normally when somebody got into a boat to paddle across the Sea of Galilee, it only took about two hours. And when Jesus and his disciples first got in the boat, it's like when evening first came, so it just started to get dark. And maybe it took a little bit longer to paddle because there was some wind and some waves. But realistically, by the time we get to our story today in Mark chapter 5, verse 1, parents, if you want to follow along, you can, but I'll tell the story out loud. Um, It was probably still dark. I had never thought about that until this time. Probably still dark. Kids, do you like the dark? You, you do? Okay. You do? I, I'm a little bit scared of it. I sleep with a nightlight. I mean, it's all right. It's all right. When I'm outside and it's dark, I see shadows. Sometimes they look like big dogs. Sometimes they look like monsters. In reality, it's probably just my chair or an overgrown rose bush. So picture it being dark when the story starts. So they arrived at the other side of the lake in the region of the Gerasenes. From crashing waves to sudden calm to all of a sudden they arrived. Do you think they were happy to get there? Because they thought that they were going to drown and all of a sudden their boat hits the shore and they're probably like, whoo! Can you do that? 
That's good. None of your, none of your parents thought they could do that. So the disciples, when they went like, whoo, go ahead. That. <laughs> that changed as soon as they looked around and figured out where they were. Because remember, it's dark, and they probably didn't see where they landed, and they probably got disoriented in the storm. And when they landed, they realized, oh, my goodness, we are in no man's land. <gasps> Do that. No man's land. If they had been scared in the middle of the water, they were even more scared now because when they looked up and there was cemeteries and there was graveyards and there was tombs, this was no man's land. Gerasenes, when Herod the Great had died like 30 years earlier, he had split up all of his land, but all the rulers were still fighting over this section of land, and they're still fighting over it today. No good Jew would ever go to that part of the country. And yet Jesus lands the boat there in the middle of the night when it had been a dark and stormy night. And this is where it gets kind of scary. When Jesus climbed out of the boat, a man possessed by an evil spirit or an unclean spirit or a scary spirit came to Jesus from out of the tombs to meet him. This man lived in the burial caves. He lived in the graves. And he could no longer be restrained, even with a chain. Whenever he was put into chains and shackles, as he often was, he snapped the chains from his wrists, smashed the shackles. No one was strong enough to subdue him. Day and night he wandered among the burial caves and in the hills, howling and cutting himself with sharp stones. Everybody go, a man with a scary thing living inside of him. When the disciples and Jesus land on the shore, he comes running at them. This scary thing was in charge, was in control of the man. The man was not in control of him. Now, when he got up to Jesus, do you think it was a calm introduction? Hello. No. No. Did you hear how he was described? I mean, who was this guy? Does he sound like someone you'd want to invite over to play? Does he sound like somebody you would want to meet in a dark alley or on a dark seashore surrounded by cemeteries? I mean, sure, why not? Yeah, I'll tell you why not. Are you scared? Who wins? Jesus. Oh, yes, yes, indeed. The man lived in the graveyards is what it told us. And the way it talks about him, not only was he scary, he was a little bit crazy. At least that's what people thought. So there was all sorts of people who would try and come and tie him up, and he would break the ropes. And they'd try and chain him up with shackles, and he would break the shackles. He had superhuman strength. He could have been in a Marvel movie or maybe DC. I don't know the difference. Thank you. Marvel. Everybody was trying to control him, but nobody could. Day and night, it said, in the story, you heard me read it, he would wander around the graveyard, the cemetery, the tombs, howling. Oh! How do you think he howled? Let me hear your best howl. How come there's no, like, manly howls? Oh! Parents out there? Okay, Dorothy, that's good. I heard that. 
He was howling day and night. That's scary enough, but it gets worse. The text told us that the scary thing living inside of him was so mean that it caused the guy to cut himself with sharp rocks. So not only was he wandering around in the dark howling all the time, but he probably had blood all over him. This sounds like a story people would tell on Halloween, doesn't it? Yeah. Who wins? We've got to remember that because this guy is not well. Now, I wonder... If when it was dark and when the boat landed and if the disciples and Jesus got out of the boat, I wonder when they saw this guy running towards him, if the disciples quickly tripped over each other, tried to jump back in the boat, start paddling away. Do you think maybe so? I would have done that. Well, they just saw Jesus do this crazy miracle, like where the storms was massive and then it's calm. So maybe they pulled up their chair, they grabbed their Halloween candy and thought, let's see what Jesus will do now. We don't know what the disciples did because the story doesn't tell us. But we do know that it gets even scarier. And as we keep going, remember, who wins? Jesus Parents, kids are outshining you. I want you to know this is a fully participatory Sunday. If you don't participate, you don't get Halloween candy tomorrow. Let me keep going. <laughs> Somebody booed. <laughs> okay, you got the mental picture? It's dark. This scary, crazy guy comes running out to meet Jesus. When Jesus was still some distance away, the man saw him and ran to meet him and bowed low before him. With a shriek, he screamed, Why are you interfering with me, Jesus, son of the most high God? In the name of God, I beg you, don't torture me. For Jesus had already told the scary things living inside him to come out. Then Jesus demanded, What is your name? And the man replied, my name is Legion, for there are many in me. Then the evil spirits begged him not to send them far away. Okay, this is scary stuff, right? This is super scary stuff. I mean, if this happened to me, I would have jumped back in the boat. I would have pulled my coat over my head. I would have covered my eyes and I would have closed my ears until it was all done. But that's me because I don't like being scared, remember? I told you that. This guy comes running at Jesus. The text says he bowed low. The mean thing living inside of him probably threw him to the ground, and he starts shrieking and yelling. Yell as loud as you can. Just kidding. (laughs) I mean, he's shrieking. That's not a fun sound. Imagine like uh, fingernails on a chalkboard, and uh, my son feels the same way about the sound of paper towels, and... I don't know, but he's yelling, Jesus, son of the most high God, leave me alone. Why are you torturing me? In the name of God, I beg you, leave me alone. See, because Jesus had saw him running, that's what the story told us, and had already told the scary things to come out. And this thing was yelling at him. What was he calling? What was the scary man calling Jesus? Jesus, son of the most high God. Right now, kids, when your parents introduce you to a new adult... How do they introduce you? Like, what do they tell you to call them? They tell you to be polite, right? So, like, if, uh, if I was to introduce you to Thea's dad, I would say, this is Mr. Tim. Everybody say, hi, Mr. Tim. Very good. And I would say, this is Mr. DJ. Everybody say, hi, Mr. DJ. Right? And then kids, if you were ever to meet them in a store, you would go up and say, hi, Mr. DJ, how are you doing? You wouldn't call him by his first name because that's not really respectful. But... This evil 
thing that's living inside of the guy calls Jesus by his first name and actually says who he is, son of the most high God. Was he just being respectful? Shake your head no. In that day and age when Jesus lived, people believed that if you had an enemy and if you called them by their first name, you had power over them. So this scary thing living inside the scary guy thought that by calling Jesus son of the most high God, by calling him that name, he would have power over him. But no, because who wins? That is so right. Jesus turns around and asks the guy, what is your name? Now, do you think Jesus was playing that same name trick that if he knew the guy's first name, he would be in charge? He'd be in control? No, Jesus was already in control, right? So Jesus asks him, what's your name? And do you remember what it was? You've got to say it a little bit more scary than that. What was his name? Legion. For there are many living inside of me. Patty, you're supposed to be scared. That's why you're sitting in the front. Don't laugh. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Legion. Back in that day. Let's turn around and look out here, okay? Just quick. Stand up really quick. Turn around look at how many people are here. Okay? Quick. Look. Look, look, look. How many people do you think are here? Take a guess. Don't count. Just a guess. <laughs> Just a guess. Really quick. Somebody say a number. More than two. More than 40. Right, 120, yeah, 100, 120. Okay, so go ahead and sit back down. Take a good look. Yep, yep, a lot of people. Good. In that day and age, there was a lot of Roman soldiers that were wandering around together, and a group of Roman soldiers was called a legion. And a legion had 6,000 soldiers in it. 6,000. If we have 100 people here, imagine, oh, shoot, math is hard. 60? 60 of these churches together, that many people was in a legion. And this scary guy is saying, my name is Legion. Can you imagine 6,000 scary things living inside of him? We don't know if that's how many there were, but there was so many that the guy couldn't count. Scary, yeah? Don't forget, who wins? I love it. You just keep saying it louder and louder. I love that. You, yeah, you feel real sorry for him? I do too. I mean, and who knows how long he's had that. We're actually going to come back to that, how long he had those in there. I want to keep going in the story, okay? The first time I've ever had problems with my headset. I'm take my glass off here. There we go. I'm going to keep going with the story, okay? So remember, Jesus just asked the guy his name. He said it was Legion, except he said it like Legion. Yeah, yeah. And we keep going. Remember, they're begging Jesus not to send them far away. There happened to be a large herd of pigs feeding on the hillside nearby. Send us into the pigs, they begged. For our friends that are watching online, we have a nice little pig up on the screen. Kind of looks like Babe in the movies. <sighs> yeah, let us enter them, is what Legion said. So Jesus gave them permission. The evil spirits came out of the man and entered the pigs, and the entire herd of about 2,000 
pigs plunged down the steep hillside into the lake and drowned in the water. Ew. Now listen, as, as parents and as kids, that could make us sad, right? What did the pigs do? I mean, they were, let me look at them. I could tell you all sorts of reasons that some people think that Jesus did this. I'm going to tell you the reason I think he did. We don't know how long this scary guy had had scary things living inside of him, right? But we know that he wandered around day and night howling, shrieking, covered in blood. He was scary. I think Jesus wanted to focus on him. Okay? And yes, Jesus could have just said to the legion of scary things living inside of him, you guys go, go somewhere else. And, and they would have had to listen. But I think this guy who had had this legion of scary things living in him for a long time probably, I think he needed to see the results of them leaving. Because who knows, maybe some days they didn't bug him and he was halfway normal. But then other days they were just terrorizing him and we'd feel bad for him. So I think that Jesus probably knew this guy needed to hear and see and feel the things that had lived in him living in somebody else. I had a friend in high school who raised pigs for 4-H. It's like this club, right? And I'd never seen, that's just such, I'd never seen a pig like these pigs that he raised. So he takes me out to his barn and he says, watch this. And he whistled, right? Seriously, the ground started to shake. Like literally the ground started to shake. And this 300-pound pig comes running around the barn right at me. I was scared. And that was just one pig. Okay, can you imagine 2,000 of those? I mean, shrieking. If the, if the mean things living inside the man cause him to shriek, can you imagine what they make the pig sound like? Okay, so yeah, what does the pig say? Yeah, okay, now, now do it like there's 2,000 of them. Okay, go. I don't even, I, I think it would have felt like an earthquake. I really do. Because if you get 2,300-pound pigs that are running as fast as they can down a hill, yelling, shrieking, squealing as loud as they can, that is going to cause chaos, isn't it? I mean, this man, he would have seen that happen, and he would have known the things that were living inside of him were gone. I think that's why Jesus sent them into the nearby, into the nearby herd of pigs. I mean, yes, we can feel sorry for the pigs, but listen to this. Jesus just set the man free. He just set him free. This was somebody's son, somebody's brother, somebody's dad, somebody's uncle, somebody who for years and years people had said, don't go near there because he's scary. Jesus loved this guy enough to set him free and welcome him in to the kingdom of God now. People are important to Jesus. Let me say that again. People are important to Jesus. And anytime there's a story, who wins? Jesus wins! I'm going to keep going in the story, okay? The herdsmen, the people who were watching the pigs, they fled to the nearby town. It might still be dark. Remember that. So maybe they're tripping over roots and rocks and stumps and things. They fled to the nearby town and the surrounding countryside, spreading the news as they ran. People rushed out to see what had happened. People were probably sleeping, and that's how they woke up. These guys running through the streets yelling about what just happened. 
A crowd soon gathered around Jesus, and they saw the man who had been possessed by the legion of demons. He was sitting there fully clothed and perfectly sane, and they were all super excited, giving high fives to him, and just like, so glad you're back. The story says, and they were all afraid. Then those who had seen what had happened told the others about the demon-possessed man and the pigs, and the crowd began pleading with Jesus to go away and to leave them alone. I mean, imagine it. These herdsmen had just seen this. Their 2,000 herd of pigs rush down the, the water, and they're not, doing the, like, they're not coming back up. So they run into town, probably waking people up, yelling about what happened. I mean, I would do the same thing. Right? Because I, I mean, I had to tell somebody because if I'm a herdsman, I'm probably not the boss and I have to go tell the boss that all of his pigs are gone. And so the, the shepherds ran into town telling everybody the news and they came out. They wanted to see it with their own eyes. Maybe it was still dark and maybe they were squinting. Can you squint? Let me see. Oh, that's good. That's good. Maybe it was just light enough for them to see. And what did they see when they got there? Verse 15 says, they saw Jesus and the man who had been no longer but had been possessed by the, by the legion of demons. He was sitting there fully clothed and perfectly sane, and they were afraid. Who wins? Jesus Okay, listen, this guy who was once walking around howling in the graveyards and the cemeteries and the tombs, who was covered in scary stuff, was now sitting there like you, calm right? Quiet next to Jesus. These guys hadn't seen this guy like this for years. Like every time they had seen him, they had either tried to tie him up, chain him up, or they had ran. And here he is sitting next to Jesus, calm. And what did the text say they felt? Scared. They were afraid. Um, What's interesting is that the exact same word here is the exact same word that the disciples felt when Jesus calmed the storm. Phobos. Can you say Phobos? It's adults. It's where we get our word phobia. Okay? They were just as terrified as the disciples were in the boat when Jesus calmed the sea. They were scared. They asked Jesus to leave. It's because their normal had been disrupted. Their routine had been disturbed. They begged Jesus to leave. I want to teach you a word, okay? The word is ironic. Can you say it? Ironic. ironic. Right. It's kind of ironic that the legion of scary things living inside this guy begged Jesus, don't send us away. And yet when Jesus frees the man, all the townspeople send Jesus away. Say, huh. Huh. Go like this. Thank you for the 15 people out there that also scratched your head. Say, isn't it ironic? Thank you, Alanis Morissette. Isn't that right? Okay. Can I keep going? Because they're telling Jesus to leave. As Jesus was getting into the boat, the man who had been but no longer was demon-possessed begged to go with him. But Jesus said, no. Jesus said, no, go home to your family. Tell them everything the Lord has done for you and how merciful he has been. So the man started off to visit the ten towns of that region and began to proclaim the great things that Jesus had done for him, and everyone was amazed at what 
they, he told them. So the crowd comes running out, probably still in their jammies, right? Because it's dark and they see this guy sitting there calmly next to Jesus and they are terrified and they start begging Jesus to, to leave. So the story tells us that, you know, the guy comes up to Jesus and says, I want to go with you. And Jesus says, sure, get in the boat, let's go. And they're happy, they sail away happily ever after, right? Isn't that what happened? No. No, we've been, I've been talking to your parents now for about eight weeks about how, about, we're looking at the story of Mark about trying to figure out who does Jesus let in and who does he keep out. It kind of looks like he's keeping somebody out here, doesn't it? Because he, he says, no, you can't come with me. Interesting, because when Jesus called his 12 disciples, he said, come be with me. You would think Jesus would want this guy to be with him. But Jesus said, no. So was he trying to send him away from the kingdom of God now? I mean, we know that Jesus just changed this guy's life forever. He just welcomed him in to experience something he hadn't experienced in a long time. So why do you think Jesus didn't let him come with him? Like, why why do you think? Because it wasn't the best thing. Okay, yeah. Why? I'm talking to you. Yeah, because that's a great question that everybody asks. Why? Why wasn't it the best thing? Because Jesus had other plans. Interesting. Okay, maybe. Why else do you think Jesus wouldn't let this guy go with him? Any other ideas? Kind of a hard question. Thea? Because he wanted him to be safe. It's not a bad idea. Maybe he, maybe, you know, he still had some blood on him and he didn't want people to think he was still crazy. Maybe. Why else? Oftentimes I do too. Mm, So that he could spread the word of God. So the people were telling Jesus he needed to leave. And again, remember, this was no man's land. No good Jew would ever go over there, but Jesus went there. And he knew that this guy had a story to tell. Because for how many years had people in the ten towns said to their kids, to kids like you, don't go over there because there is a scary guy that lives there and he howls and he cuts himself and it's terrifying. How many years had that been the case? And now he's going to walk into town fully clothed, sane, not crazy anymore, and he's going to tell people the story of what Jesus did. This guy was the first missionary to the ten towns. He was the first missionary to the Gentiles. Guy who wrote half the Bible named the Apostle Paul, he thought he was the first missionary to the Gentiles. This guy was. Because this guy went and he told the story. He didn't just say, it was dark and somebody helped me. The text says, And he began to tell everybody, to proclaim the great things that Jesus had done for him. He began to walk around and say, who wins? Jesus wins. (laughs) I caught you in the middle of a yawn. (laughs) Who wins? Jesus wins. Who wins? Jesus wins. That's what he would walk around saying. And then people would look at him. Jesus knew that people probably wouldn't listen to him in that area because they had all been asking him to leave. So instead, Jesus says, you know what? I'm going to let you in by sending you out. And this guy, who knows how many people believed what he said about Jesus and started thinking, I want to be near that guy. I want to be around that guy. 
there's going to be times in life, kids, where we get scared as kids and as adults. And if you don't remember anything else from today, I want you to remember who wins? Yeah, we may not always know how. We may not always know when. And we may not always really think that he's going to win in the way we want him to win. But in the end, Jesus always wins. Who wins? Who wins? It was a dark and stormy night. But in the end, who wins? And all God's people said? I want to pray. And while I pray, oh, I love it. Heads bowed, fingers. Yep, we're going to just, we're going to stay here while I pray. We're going to invite the worship team to come on up. And then, uh, yeah, Jesus, thank you that you win. I thank you that in a story that could be terrifying, that could be scary beyond all measure, you reminded us over and over that you win, and not only that you win once, but that you continue to win. And I thank you that you remind us that you want other people to know this story. I thank you for this, this guy who had a challenging life, and I thank you that you set him free. God, there are people, perhaps even in here today, that need to be set free, and they needed to hear this message that you win. I pray that you would help us remember this, not just today, not just tomorrow, but every day that you give us as a gift. Help these kids remember it. Help us as adults remember it. We love you. Kids, who wins? You can say Jesus. I'll say amen, and I'm going to ask, amen. Who wins? Jesus wins. Yeah, one more time. Who wins? Jesus wins. You believe that? I believe that. We're going to sing a song about what we believe. You guys can go ahead and go back and sit with your parents. Parents, if you're sitting here, thank you. No tears. That was great.